Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Why are you calling your your girlfriend's ex anyway? Like, how is it that you guys uh, talk to each other and have a relationship? No, I, and... no, 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 I didn't call her. This is the plaintiff, Walter Roach. He says the defendant is his girlfriend's ex-husband, and that guy owes him for a log splitter he refuses to pay him for. He has no idea what the defendant's trying to do by stiffing him on the $600 he owes him, so he's suing. This is the defendant, Jeff Griggs. He says he already paid the plaintiff for the log splitter. In fact, he paid him the very day he took it from the plaintiff's yard sale. The plaintiff's just upset because he sold the log splitter to someone for $800 and made a profit. Sorry, Charlie. He's accused of making his ex-wife's boyfriend angry. All parties, please raise your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Mr. Roach, tell me about this log splitter. What's a log splitter? Uh, it's when you cut your wood and you cut it, the tree down and you put it on the splitter and then just split it in half to make it smaller to get in the fireplace. And how big is a log splitter? Uh, about, about seven feet tall. It just has a ram that goes through it, the middle of the log, and it splits it. And it's run by okay. Uh, gasoline. Okay. All right, so you had a log splitter in your possession back in the summer of 2019, and what was it you were doing? You were clearing out uh, a home that your mother had lived in for the last 50 years? Yeah, we purchased the property in 1963, uh, 64 acres, and she passed away from uh, Alzheimer's. And so I had to clear the house out, so I had to sell everything, and uh, it, just, it was just too much. So Gina asked, uh, Jeff to come over and help us out, and I paid him you know, in, in goods or whatever he wanted, and even gas. He had to come over and ask for $15 for gas money. I mean, I mean, this gets get crazy. I 
Just want my money. Why are you calling your your girlfriend's ex anyway? Like, how is it that you guys uh, talk to each other and have a no, relationship? I, and no, 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 I didn't call. They were talking back and forth. Her grandson lives with him, so okay, uh, I, just so we can see him. He comes over and spend the summer. Okay, so tell me about the log splitter. How did how did it turn Which out is, that he ended up taking the log splitter? Well, he asked me to. He could sell it. And I was just overbearing with everything else that's going around here. And I said, fine. I finally broke down because I said, I don't feel like getting burned again. And and lo and behold, I get it burned again. So I was like, no, I gave him a lot. And I saw, actually saw it on Facebook. I was like, oh, okay, but where's my money? And he goes, well, okay. I gave you money. Crap. He gave me Jack. Did he buy anything that day when you were getting rid of all the stuff? No. He didn't come for the okay. yard sale. He came to, to cut okay. some bushes out, had some stumps in the front yard, and we gave him some goods from, from the yard sale to, to compensate. So I Okay, Mr. Griggs, what is work. your position here? Mr. Griggs, what is your position here, that you bought the log splitter from him? Uh, yes, ma'am. The deal was he hired me to work for him for a week to clear the scrap and stuff and take the scrap to the scrap yard. And I did, and we split the money. I had a tree job lined up that paid $700. I did the tree job. I went over and seen him that morning, paid him the money for the log splitter. I took the tire off the log splitter a week before to get it fixed because it was flat. And I told him I'd give him $500 for it. I took the tire home the week before. I come back the following week with the money and the tire. We put the tire on the log splitter and loaded it. Me, Dominic, and my buddy, Steve. And I paid him. He left to go to town. Uh, he who? Mr. Roach? Wal Wal Walter Roach. After I had paid him, Who'd he left Who'd you give the $500 to, to, Mr. Roach? Yes, ma'am. I give Walter the $500. Okay. Did you get a receipt? No, ma'am. I did not. That's my mistake. When we come back up to the house after loading the log splitter, I asked Gina, my ex-wife, you know, I said, where's Walter? She says, well, he's out of beer. He went to town. He'll be back. And we didn't wait for him to come back. We left. So uh, in your answer to the complaint, you said you sat around and had a beer with him. What happened to that? We, uh, we sat a beer with my ex-wife. He wasn't home. He had left. Let me, hear, uh, let me hear from Dominic. Is Dominic here to testify? Yes, ma'am. Hold on. Hi. Okay, Dominic, can you raise your right hand? Yes, ma'am. Do you, do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help you God? I do. Okay, so now I need to ask you some questions. Um, were you there when the yard sale happened, or did you go with your grandfather a different day? I was there that week helping Walter sell stuff for the yard sale. Okay, okay. And um, after, after did, that... Go ahead, go ahead. What do you know about the yard, about the log splitter? That's what I'm interested in. Okay, so the log splitter. Okay, so the week before he did take the tire and we did fix it. Then the following week we went back, we paid him for the log splitter. It was $500. And then after that, we took the log splitter. And about five months later, and we're here now. Okay. And how did, uh, did you witness your grandfather giving him $500? Yes, ma'am, I did. And where'd that $500 come from? The tree job in Newton Falls. 
that we had done. Okay. And what time of the day was it when he gave, according to you, Walter, the $500? Do you remember? A little bit afternoon. Okay. And was anybody else present besides you and your grandfather and Walter? Uh, Steve Bullock. He, that's him right next to me. Okay. And then was your grandmother present? Uh, yes, ma'am. So did your grandmother see the, the money come into your grandfather, to Walter's hands? I believe so. Because she was there. Okay. She was there. And where did this take place? Inside the house or outside the house? Outside on the front porch or the side porch. Okay. And how was the money given and what kind of denominations? 20s. It was 20s. Okay. Who counted it out? Uh, Walter. And before that, my grandfather. Okay. okay. Can I hear from Steve? Yes, ma'am. Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Yes, ma'am. Okay. What do you know about this? You can put your hand down. Um, I was there the day uh, we did the tree job together, um, and then I went with them to help them load it. I watched him hand Walter the money, and he left, and we loaded the log splitter, and then we left. Okay. Do you remember whether uh, the grandmother was present when that happened? Yes, she was there. She was there? Why do you suppose yeah. neither of them remember this? Um, I don't really know them, so I don't know. But I've only ever heard rumors about them. So Meaning? I really couldn't speculate that they he had a drinking problem, and so did she. Okay. And did you actually witness the money changing hands? Yep. Yes, I did. And did anybody count it? Uh, yeah, he did. Walter. Walter counted it? And had yeah. Mr. Griggs counted it too or not really? He'd already counted it. Oh, yeah. Did you witness Mr. I, Griggs? I, I watched him count it because he had to pay me my cut out of the original check from the tree job. So I watched him okay. count it like two times before we even got there to make sure it was right. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. And uh, Mr. Roach, did you want to call your girlfriend to the stand? Oh, yeah. It's time for you. All right. So um, raise your right hand, please. You solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Yes, ma'am. All right. Um, well, your grandson says that he witnessed um, Mr. Griggs, your ex, count out the money and pay Mr. Roach on the porch. He thinks that you might have been present, too, when that happened, and so does uh, the other witness. So there's three people on the other side saying that the money was counted out and given to Mr. Roach. Okay, in the beginning, we had Jeff come to help us clear out the scrap and everything. His pay was to be half of the scrap that his truck carried in. It was our scrap, his truck, and his trade. We bring very fair as we could be. There was things he took that he did not pay for. There was things he asked me for, I gave him. There's been too much of this. And he knows that he had Dominic running here in the yard, running there in the yard. I was in and out the door dealing with his mom. Okay. And I never saw nobody hand except for it was little items that he had tallied up to a certain amount. And he'd come over and pay a little bit out of each, each time he showed up. Well, they're saying that he paid five, that he came back, not on the day of the yard sale, a different day, and handed over $500 to Walter on the porch. No, he did not in my eyes. No, he did not. Do you consider your grandson an honest kid? 
Or do you think your grandson would lie for his grandpa? Very polite. Very polite. He lives there. He, I don't know. No, he wouldn't lie for me. Well, you would know. Would your would your grandson? I know the way his son is, the way he raised his, his son. Being, um, is that your son as well? Yes, ma'am. Okay. He taught him to lie, taught him to steal. Yeah, you did. That's why he went to jail for you. He went to jail for you because you are a liar son, and a user. Your, how did your son go to jail for him? Explain that to me. Because they got caught, he talked his son into stealing this lift, this um, tree lift, and it lifts them really up in the sky so they can do the top of the trees. Well, they he talked him into stealing it. Well, they got caught. Well, guess who took the, threw his son under the bus so his punishment would be lighter? His father. How long did your son serve? I'm not for sure. He knows. Over three months, I do know. What's she talking about, Mr. Griggs? Well, there was a lift stolen, but my son had called me that morning, and the, I went to jail for it, too. He didn't just go to jail for that. We both served our time. You got and off lighter because you that. turned him in. I didn't turn him in. Okay. Ask your son. You should have stood up for him. You robbed right, him folks. in it. You I taught think... him it. You should have covered him. Okay, well, that's a, that's an entirely different story. Um <laughs> I have in front of me, you can go ahead and can you switch back with Mr. Roach and give him back the... Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Okay. Pleasure meeting you. Mr. Roach, um, you know, you heard the testimony of both your grandchild, well, her grandchild, and uh, the witness, Steve, who's somebody who helped with the trees. Did you want to respond to that in any way? Nothing else to say. I mean, it's, it is what it is. You know, it's, it's the principle about it. It's not even the money. I mean, $500 is a lot of money. You just forget about. Furthermore, I don't go over to nobody's house and ask for gas money. I mean, if you don't have gas money, don't go home. Don't leave your house. Right, but Mr. Roach, what I'm referring to is the fact um, the grandson, okay. okay, is he a truthful person in your opinion? I think he is. Yeah. Okay, because yeah, he testifies he that he yeah. saw him count out the 500 bucks and give it to you. That's what that's what the young man says. Well. Well, he lives it's with him, truth, so he Walter. has to deal with him every day. Well, that's just, why I asked you that. Do you think he's him. a liar who would lie for him because he lives with him, or no. do you think he's a truthful person? You said you thought he was a truthful person. I would think I would. I wouldn't say anything bad about Damo. Damo is a good kid. Okay. And I love him. I just okay. don't want him okay. to be punished for you know. He's not getting so punished. He's gonna do what he got to do. All right. Listen. Uh, normally. When someone doesn't have a receipt, it's a really, really tough road to climb. Um, but even though this may be close, um, it's not that close. And um, I find that the testimony of the grandson and uh, Steve is going to kind of carry the day here. And I am finding that this was paid for and verdict for the defendant. Good luck, folks. Thank you, Your Honor. You have a okay. good day. You know you're wrong, man. No, I paid you, buddy. Honest. I swear to the good Lord on my life. It the ain't hell, that bad man, here. Come on now. You don't forget about... If you put $500 in my hand, I ain't gonna forget $500. Why, why would Maybe you $5 or $10. To call me? Blow it off. $500. Well, come on now. Well, as you just seen, uh, the dispute continues between the litigants here. They, uh, the plaintiff has failed because the witness witnesses against him really convinced the judge. Uh, Mr. Roach... Let me ask you what you're thinking right now. How do you feel about this? I, I'm just, I'm disappointed. I mean, but 
you know, it's not even the money, it's the principle of the fact. Man to man, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. If I can't do it, then I'm not going to do it. Mr. Giggs, uh, obviously, you still contend you you did give him the money, and you're in the right, yes, correct? Sir. Yes, sir. Honestly, I did. Okay. And and I don't know why they think it's so bad. I, I'm such a mean person because I'm not. All they, I, I told her, if you show me the receipt that I paid you, I'll give you the $500. But they never did because he didn't mark it down. He was too worried about going to the store for whatever. I don't know what he went for. Listen, having those witnesses was was the good thing for you. That saved your case. Yes, sir. It did. So yes, congratulations. Sir. Okay. All right, that'll do it for this case. Harvey, fascinating case. What do you think? Doug, what I like about this case, what I think is really instructive, is how important witnesses can be. That a lot of times you don't have proof positive of who's right, who's wrong, who's telling the truth, and who's lying. But when you have witnesses where the judge can look that witness in the eye and evaluate that witness's credibility, it makes a huge difference if the witness seems credible. And that is exactly what happened here. Okay, so the question is name one vice. Is golf a vice? Uh, I think golf is a virtue. No, golf is a vice. All of my vices are virtues. Let's see, golf, uh, pinball, (laughs) cars. Aren't those all virtuous things? I mean, come on. How can those be vices if it feels that good, right? (laughs) That's kind of the definition of a vice, isn't it? (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the plaintiff, Alice Gangelosi. She says she was walking her sweet little dog, Lucy, on her leash in her neighborhood when, holy cow, the defendant's two pit bulls attacked, biting Lucy so badly in the eye she thought it was going to be a goner. The horrible defendant showed no remorse for the attack. She refuses to pay her expensive vet bills, and she's suing her here and now for the $856.10 she's rightfully owed. This is the defendant, Jessica. She says she got a knock on the door one day, claiming her two pit bulls killed the plaintiff's dog, and she demanded all this money from her. She didn't kill this woman's dog, neither did her two dogs, so she owes this strange kook zero. She's accused of having no heart. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff claims that she was walking her sweet little dog, Lucy, when out of nowhere, the defendant's pit bull showed up, attacked, bit the dog in the eye, 
Now, the defendant claims that this is a case of mistaken dog identity because her dogs never got loose. It's the case of I loved Lucy. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, Your Honor. Okay, Ms. Cangalosi, tell me what happened. Hi. Uh, the morning on December 15th, um, I took a walk every single day with my dog, and it was no different. It was a Sunday morning, and I, my daughter and her husband came along with their two dogs, and as we got around on the other side of the neighborhood, uh, my son-in-law said, oh, my God, and I turned around and I said, what? There was two dogs barreling down out of the fence. The gate was open, coming at us. My son-in-law was able to grab the puppy. My daughter took the other dog. I had my dog on a leash. We all had on leashes. What kind of dog was yours? Mine was a pit bull that thinks she's a poodle. Okay. She um, was knocked to the ground and both of these dogs were on top of her, biting her. We were kicking at them. Neighbors came outside and... What kind of dogs they... were the, the, your neighbor's dogs, the defendant's dogs? They were pit bulls as well? Pit bulls. Okay, all right. So they came and they knocked your dog down, and what else happened? They were on top of her, biting her. And, I mean, there was a whole screaming match going out there. Everybody yelling, get off, you know, screaming. I was screaming, get your dogs, get your dogs. When we finally, a neighbor rolled up in Who a car. Who were you screaming that to? Was she out there? No, no, no. I was just yelling, someone get your dogs, someone get your dogs. And we were kicking. I didn't want to put my hand in there. And um, some neighbor up the road was rolling up in her car. She sat on her horn, almost on top of the dogs. Dogs jumped up and took off running. My dog sat up. She had so much blood coming out of her eye, I thought her eye was gone. I was screaming. Okay, so go ahead. You ran to the defendant's door. Yes, and said, my dog's eye is missing. At that point, I thought it was. She said, quote, my husband's a canine officer. She said, you can take your dogs to his vets. I said, I'll take my dog to my own vet. As I was walking back home, I called my veterinarian they had a triage set up. My dog was hyped up, adrenaline pumping. And as the, we wiped her face, I could see she still had her eyeball. We got home. I right. put her in the car and drove her immediately to the emergency vets. That's her. Is that a picture of the dog before going to the vet? That was at the vet. Or before going to the vet, yes. That's after I'd wiped it up. Right. Yeah. Oh. When you knocked on the defendant's door, where were the other two dogs? They had taken off, but when she yelled for them, she opened the door and yelled for them, the two dogs ran into her house. Okay, got it. All right, Ms. Jessica, let me hear from you. What happened here? Hi, how are you? I, like she had said, I was not outside. I was inside when um, all this alleged things had happened. Um, I got a knock on my door and I opened the door and to her, she was very upset, rightfully so. My dogs were in my front yard at that point. Um, I was not a witness. What to were your dogs doing? They were just roaming in the front yard. Um, Do you have a closed in front yard? Is it gated? My back yard is gated. My front yard is not. 
So your dogs were loose outside. They had gotten out of my gate, um, which has never happened before. I'm not sure how that happened. Um, for all I know, somebody could have opened the gate and let them out. Well, who's when somebody? That she, would be somebody living in your house who might have done that, or the either the dogs opened it, or you did, because no other neighbor is going to go on your property and open the dog to loosen your pit bulls. Nobody wants your pit bulls roaming. And according to your testimony, you didn't see anything that happened, but you did see and notice that your pit bulls were roaming unleashed, right? When I opened my front door, they were out in my front yard without leashes on. Correct. So, what is your defense, Miss Jessica? I am not sure that my dog, my dogs have never been in a fight. They've never attacked anyone. Um, when I called them inside, there was no marks on them. Um, my, I was very compassionate to this when this first happened. Um, we spoke on the phone that day. I did not tell her to go to my husband's canine vet as I am divorced. Um, he has never lived in this house. How canine does she know your husband's a canine officer? Right, I know, but how would she know um, that you have a, a a spouse or former spouse who's a canine officer? The topic had to come up, but I don't really care. I'm trying to understand what your defense is. Is your defense, I didn't see it, so it didn't happen? Because you know that you walk outside and your dogs are out there and they're loose. And you have three people telling you, oh my God, oh my God, this just happened. There's an $856.10 vet bill. And how is your dog doing now, Ms. Uh, Cangalosi? I had to put her asleep. Not due to the dog fight. Right. What happened? Cancer. Oh, jeez. Okay. And you're not even suing for the value of the dog. What you're suing for is nothing more than the vet bills from the dog fight. And I'm, I'm exactly. straining to see a defense, Miss Jessica. And let me tell you what is in a defense. I open the door. The lady's out there. Her dog is injured. My dogs are just calmly eating grass in the front yard. They're not doing anything wrong. No, they're two pit bulls and they're loose. Obviously, it was your dog. So I'm finding in favor of the plaintiff in this case, there is direct testimony that you can't contradict. And your dogs shouldn't be loose. $856.10 plus your court costs, uh, Ms. Cangalosi, and I'm sorry for the loss of your dog. Good luck, folks. Thank you. So the plaintiff will get her money back for the vet bills, the $856. Uh, Jessica, the defendant, what are you thinking right now? Um, I'm a very compassionate person. I'm a dog owner. I understand the issue. I just wish that I was given a chance to say that she had changed her story and accused my ex-husband's canine of being there. Um, I still don't think my dogs did it, but it is what it is. All right, Ms. Cangalosi, how do you feel about this? Uh, you weren't getting any reaction from her, right? That's why you sued? Yes, and I, I tried to be very civil with her. Um, I didn't want it to go this far. I never did say her husband's canines were out. I was told... I knew I didn't know anything about her. All right. Um, well, there you go. All right. You're going to get your money finally. So congratulations. Okay, Harvey, we have a lot of these cases. What do you think of this one? Doug, what's interesting about this case, it is a very sad case, but what is interesting is that um, dogs are considered property under the law, which personally I think is ridiculous. However, it used to be that when something is property, you can't get, rec you can't get more than the value of that property um, if that property is damaged or...
the dog is killed. Um, judges don't adhere to that with dogs. It's just not a humane way to go. And that's why uh, the plaintiff got nearly $900. The question is, what advice would you give to young Marilyn and young John? That's a good question. To young John, I would say, uh, first off, the internet is not a fad, <laughs> and you might want to invest in, uh, say, little uh, these startup companies called Apple or Microsoft. Yeah, starting out of their garage. Ten dollars a share. Uh, a bunch of scraggly-looking guys in a garage. Like, exactly. Yeah, invest in that. that right. That might make sense. I remember when uh, I became a judge. That was the first time that there was ever a computer in my midst, and I looked at this and I called the administrative office of the courts and said, get this out of here. It's a decorator's nightmare. <laughs> I really thought this was going to be a fad. So I guess, it, it, I mean, there's no harm, no foul when we eventually, like right. 10 years later, bought a computer. I remember your right. brother. It was in the 90s. It was in the we 90s. And your, we what buy did a brother say when he we He said, welcome to the 80s. Exactly. And um, so, yeah, but I, I think if I, if I had anything to do over, I was very impressed with myself when I was young about how much I was racing. I was patting myself on the back. Look how impressive I am. I'm doing right. college in three years. What kind of an idiot does college in three years? It's right. like the greatest time you of your do life. You five or six years. Yeah. <laughs> Shh, don't tell my kids that. This is the fate of Jenna. She says she and the defendant used to date. And when they moved in together and shared an apartment, all the problems began between them. Bottom line, the guy left her holding the bag on their rent when he took off. And she's here suing him for the $1,402.50 she's owed. This is the defendant, Elijah Chambers. He says the plaintiff was the one who wanted to break their lease and move back home because she missed her family. He didn't want to move back home. The crazy plaintiff accused him of holding her against her will, broke up with her, and now here they are. He's accused of letting a lover down. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says she and the defendant lived together, but things got dicey between the two of them, and the defendant skipped out and left her holding the bag when it came to rent. But the defendant says the plaintiff broke their lease because she was homesick and wanted to move back home, so she owes nothing. It's the case of letting a lover down. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Jenna, talk to me. What happened? Okay, I will just start at the beginning. Um, I moved from my hometown to my apartment in Columbus by myself in January of 2020. And during the time me and Elijah were dating, um, and I lived there by myself, I'd say for maybe a month or two. And um, after we decided, since we were doing the long distance, it'd be easier for him to just come and move in with me. So we went All right, about now that. Now you were going um, to school in Columbus? Yes. What school were you going to? I go to school at Capital University now. I'm in a graduate school. Okay. What, what kind, when you say graduate, what program? Um, I'm in law school. Spit it out. Spit it out. <laughs> you can say it uh, hot, loud and proud. I don't know why you're <laughs> hesitating. Because I, I, it was kind of funny when I read your complaint, you said um, things started to not go well between us. And, you know, it didn't help that I was a full-time law student. So, and I kind of chuckled at that because I know how hard that is. But 
All right, so you're attending law school and your hometown boyfriend comes to move to the city where you're attending law school and you rent an apartment together. Yes. All right, and how long was that apartment for? So I signed the lease originally by myself in January and he got onto the lease, I'd say early March, and we re-signed together in July for a year lease. Okay, so at least in July of 2020, we're talking about uh, mid-COVID, uh, lots mm -hmm. of time together. Things were going okay between you. And then what happened? I started, it was my first semester of law school then. Um, he was in nursing school working. Um, everything was fine. And then we started to have issues, um, commitment, trust issues with lying. Um, and we, I don't think really either of us were really completely happy just with the stressors of life and everything. And from there, it just was a downhill spiral. <laughs> okay. So you folks start to have issues, and then what happens? When do you suggest that, hey, maybe we should go home? In November. Um, we were having okay. a, a lot of issues and kind of not on and off because we lived together, but we weren't happy living in the same house. And so a lot of just options were being thrown around, like, let's just break the lease and both move out or... I told him that he could keep the apartment or I would keep it. And we couldn't come to an issue. He really didn't want to leave. He was like, I can't afford to pay right now. And I was like, well, we can split it. I can put it on my credit card right now. And then you could pay me back. What are you referring to right now? The cancellation fee um, or the apartment? Yeah, I'm sorry. It was okay, the lease so rate you fee. explore with your landlord. At, you talk to your landlord and they tell you, if you want to break the lease, you have to give a 60 days notice and pay a cancellation fee, then we'll let you out of the lease. Did you discuss that with Elijah? Yes, we discussed it a lot. It was a lot of back and forth. Okay. Mr. Chambers, would you agree that that was accurate by that point? Uh, yeah, that was fairly accurate. Um, yeah, we were pretty much just dating because we were living together. Um, I don't think either of us were happy okay. at that point. So, well, then the choices are few, right? Because the choices are you stay roommates until July of 2021, or you break the lease and you pay the cost, or you um, break the lease and get sued by the landlord, or you get a roommate or she gets a roommate. Those are the choices. So was did she discuss those choices with you? Yeah, um, we discussed those in person, and I told her I didn't want to break the lease. Um, I felt like I was still trying to fight for like our relationship and stay together and she just really wasn't. Right, but then at some point, you know, sometimes we don't get to control that, right? Someone else controls yeah. um, our relationship and, you know, and if they call it, they call it. It happens to the best of us, yeah. right? But then what's the plan? Because you guys have this contract yeah. together and um, did she discuss with you before deciding to break the lease and pay the fee, did she discuss with you and did you agree to go ahead and go through that option? No, I told her I didn't want to pay to break the lease because neither of us had the money to do it at the time. So what did you want to do instead? Um, I just wanted to stay there. Both of our lives were in Columbus. We were both going to school up there and I was working up there. Let me ask you first, Ms. Jenna, what evidence do you have? Because he says he didn't agree to it. What evidence do you have that he did? Um, to the lease break fee, I have evidence of him saying, he was like, I'm going to pay you. I'm just not going to pay you, um, more than what I owe you or anything like 
along those lines. He's like, I'm not going to pay you right now. And it was all right. There's a series of texts that that I think predate that you say I'm paying the lease break fee. And then he says, "Okay, I'm going into Amazon this week, so I should be able to pay it all both months. And then you say I paid it. I think that he says how much. Then you say the amount. He says, damn, how much money do you have left in your account? Had you guys ever discussed how much before that? Yes. Yeah, we discussed how much it was going to be because he didn't want to pay that much to do it. On December 5th, he says, I'm going to pay you, but I'm not going to pay you more than what I owe. I'm going to pay you as I can. I'm not going to stretch it out long time. I want to get it over with as soon as possible. All right. So, um, Mr. Chambers, you know, you just she describes a situation where you positively, absolutely approved it. You, I don't see that. You describe a situation where, it, it, you know, she completely blindsided you. I don't see that either. Um, it sounds to me like between those two texts, the idea was always that you would pay half the break fee because you were benefiting from the break fee. Well, I think those texts were after she paid it. And I was confused at first when she paid it. That's why I said I'm confused because we didn't decide that we were going to pay it for sure. And then. Well, I'm paying the lease break fee. You say, okay, and talk about how you're going to get more hours at Amazon. That's not, no, don't do it. I'm not in agreement. That's okay. And then she says, I paid it. And you don't say, what are you out of your mind? I told you I couldn't afford it. You say how much? And then she says the amount. And then you say, damn, how much do you have left in your account? Not, how dare you obligate me for this? You know, so um, it sounds to me like everybody pretty much understood that the only way to get out of paying rent all the way to July was to pay a break fee. It sounds to me like you knew the amount. And it sounds to me like you should be paying half of that amount. And I don't see why that wouldn't be appropriate. Otherwise, you'd be on the hook for rent until July when we know that you moved back to, is it Zanesville? Yeah. Right. Well before that. So you'd be paying rent in a place that you're nowhere near. Um, I would prefer to see something a lot more cut and dry. But based on the totality of the circumstances and these texts that I'm reading, I think it was pretty clear to you that she was going to pay that break fee and that she expected you to pay half. And your responses don't sound like I, I expect nothing of the sort because I'm not paying it. They sound like you were planning on paying it. And then she dumped you and you kind of didn't want it anymore. Um, so I get it. But I'm going to find in favor of the plaintiff in the amount of $1,402.50 plus her court costs. Good luck, folks. You want your first case, counselor? So the plaintiff, the law school student, has won her case in court. She's going to get $1,402 back from the defendant. Mr. Chambers, what are you thinking right now? Um, I think it was a fair decision. Um, the reason I didn't pay it was because she lived there the last two months of the lease, and I wasn't up there at all, so I felt like we were even. Well, the judge didn't agree with you there, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, are you sorry? Everything came to an end. I guess it's all over between the two of you, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's uh, all over with. You, you're glad it's over with. Okay, well, very good. All right. Yeah. Uh, Jenna, congratulations. You've won your... I don't know if this is your first case in court, but anyway, you have won this one. How do you feel? Um, I feel pretty good. I, I had to put it on my credit card because I was a law student and I wasn't working and didn't have just the cash to throw around to pay it, so... I'm pretty happy that I can, I got interest charges, which I should have brought up, but I'm really happy to be able to pay it off and kind of get that off my shoulders. Okay. Onward and upward. All right. Congratulations. 
Alrighty, Harvey. Doug, I have to tell you, you know, when people move in and they are together in a relationship, all is kumbaya, and a lot of times it doesn't work out. So when you move in, you have to establish the financial ground rules and document everything in case it doesn't work. So what's your favorite vacation spot? North Carolina. Really? Yeah, okay. Mountains. All right. I was going to say the same thing. I really wanted to differ with you on that. But <laughs> no, I, I love, I love with anything with a view to me. Right. Like, I just really love views. Right. And um, that's why I love the Florida Keys also. And I, I love North Carolina. Yeah, because you can see from your back porch. 30, 30 miles or something yeah, on, a clear yeah. day. <laughs> on a clear day. I'm going to give you my honorable mention favorite place to go, which is the mountains in Colorado around. Oh, they're even nicer. Vail, Beaver Creek. I think those mountains are, are, are actually way nicer and the hiking is nicer in North Carolina. If you hike, you're in the right. forest, forest, forest until right. you get a payoff on the top. Right. In Colorado, everywhere you turn is a payoff. I just love North Carolina though, because right. it's, because we've been visiting there since the children were infants. Right. Uh, we vacationed there so much, it's so much closer. Right. So for to me, um, the mountains in North Carolina can never be surpassed, even by you know, more beautiful mountains in the Rockies. That's going to do it for this session of the People's Court. We'll see you next time.